0: You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102FM. Good evening and thanks for joining me, Sharon Noonan, for tonight's Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102FM. Only two days until Christmas Day and I hope all is under control in your household. Last week, Mayor foodie Karen Cookley had great advice to help make things run smoothly and she returns tonight to chat about some award-winning products. Rachel Allen will be telling me what she's up to on Christmas Day. Fiona Uyama discusses A Japanese Christmas. I meet Francis Brennan to talk about his book, It's the Little Things by Francis Brennan. Wild Irish Sharon Green talks about her experience in RTE's Taste of Success and I talk to its overall winner, Limerick man, Podrick McCarthy. To get in touch, you can email me, s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org, short for organisation. Go on, please wish me a Merry Christmas and let me know what you're up to on Christmas Day. Okay, let's push on now and go to the phone and chat to Kenmare footy, Karen Coakley.
1: Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up.
0: Delicious. Mmm. Karen, welcome to the show tonight. Hi, Sharon. Thank you. We are just going to have a quick little bit of news from you for the Kerry area.
2: It is. It's just, it's a fabulous bit of news that I came upon there lately and it's to do with softer sausages and puddings. Now, I don't know if the f- listeners are familiar with um, these puddings. I've tasted them at a market here in Khmer, and I have to say they're absolutely delicious. But So um, it's John Paul O'Connor is the man behind this um, with his wife. Um, they set up, Kathleen, they set up softer sausages in their home village of Khmeran in 2012, and they started selling at local farmer markets. John, I think his background was he was a builder and like everybody else, you know, lost his job and the econ- when the economy went and looked at what he could do and he had worked in England in a sausage-making plant so apparently he turned his hand to making sausages and pudding because he loved cooking for his family so he decided to take it to a larger scale and the good news is that last year his white pudding won the f- excuse my pronunciation now, but it's the Finn in New- in Normandy um, and that's basically the European Championships for Artisan Butchers. And I think that kind of gave him a little bit of confidence. And then he entered this year into a tougher category in 2014. And his sausages were acclaimed the best sausages in Ireland and Britain.
0: My gosh.
2: I know, it's it's fantastic news. It is because I've seen him, you know, he does tastings in supermarkets and I've seen him on the market here. And he's one of these people, he's very passionate about it. And he wants you to try his product and he's very engaging. So... It really is a good news story, and it's so nice to hear good people doing well. So he's one of those people. And at the moment, he's producing 500 kilos of sausages and pudding a week, and he plans to open a sausage factory very soon. As far as I know, that's all kind of like well underway. On Facebook, they're to Sausages, and you can give them a like because I have. And I'm looking forward to following this story, actually, because I think it's going to go from strength to
0: strength. It sounds like it could be the, the perfect items to have on the breakfast plate at some stage over Christmas.
2: Absolutely. Or, you know what, it's not just for breakfast because I made pizzas the other night and I did. I did, well, it wasn't this this, sauce, this pudding now, but um, I'd been home in West Cork and I'm just passionate about local food. So I had got some Ross Carberry recipe black pudding and I had got some local gobine um, beautiful streaky bacon. So the pizza was the pudding and the bacon and then a fried egg in the middle.
0: And of course, black pudding is very popular these days to be served with scallops.
2: Yeah, that's a fashion that's been going on for a while. And they do. They go very, very, very well. Also, you see black pudding croquettes. Oh, really? Yeah, I've had those. or dipped them in like, you know, flour egg and breadcrumb and deep fry them. Um, I love black pudding. Or what's beautiful as well is black pudding. And if you have some finely chopped apple or even like, you know, if you cook down some apples, but I don't think you need to cook it down. And wrap it in filo pastry or puff pastry and in the oven. Beautiful. There's a restaurant here in Khmer, um, Tom Cream Food and Wine. They served that as the starter and it was beautiful. But putting an apple, you can't go wrong.
0: A few weeks ago at the wine fair that Ron Forrestal did, there was a cookery demonstration by Chef John Quinn, who runs the the catering side out in Arda in the golf club there outside Newcastle West. And he was doing a nice chicken dish, but one of the suggestions he made was to, to put black pudding, like to, to mash the black pudding down to make a filling for the, chick, uh, for the chicken to add some cheese in with it oh. and then wrap it in bacon.
2: Yeah, or you could put a cream cheese, actually, I'd imagine it would be very light with the black pudding. Yeah. That would be lovely. Or then you often, like, I think I've heard of black pudding mash, where you put it through um, mashed potato or like that. We're having potato cakes here tonight because I had champ last night so i'm one for using up leftovers so i've made potato cakes but i would imagine that a bit of black pudding through potato cake would be lovely
0: yeah absolutely and then the other one is for canapes a lot of people would would use them on canapes just a small piece of it on a blini and maybe a bit of
2: apple on top i think mm, yeah, yeah i just think they're just they're so naturally good together but black pudding is one of my favorite things because when i was a child growing up in west cork i used to go to my grand-aunt's farm for my holidays and my grand-aunt used to make her own black pudding and I can remember as a child watching her, you know, and it never bothered me that it was the blood and all of that but watching her with her big dish making her black pudding and I can remember Sunday mornings we'd have black pudding and brown bread for breakfast and it was, there was nothing like
0: it To be honest now, it's something I've come to late in life Like really? fairly late in life, yes as in the past, in the past year or two
2: Okay, Yeah. Th- I think a lot of people are put off by the thought of what it is yeah, I, I think
0: I just maybe didn't have nice black pudding in the past and that's why I didn't like it.
2: There's one I've tasted in the last two years from Galway and this was um, when I was organising Khmer Food Carnival since Dalton had brought it down. She was involved in the Foodie Forum with Cormac Handy. They are lecturers in GMIT and it was McJones, but it was a smoked black pudding. Now I have searched high and low down in here in South Munster or like south of Ireland and I can't get smoked black pudding but this was divine all So if, Jacinta, if you're ever listening, you can send me down some,
0: please. The other place that's quite good for black pudding is Canturk McCarthy's, Jack, Jack McCarthy's McCarthy. in Canturk. Yeah. They did a black pudding demonstration at the Doua Summer Festival and Barbecue in, um, in August there, and I think they can make whatever flavours you'd like to make. And
2: they and they've teamed up with Benoit here, actually, our local chocolate tier previously I can't remember what they did. I think they put chocolate into the black pudding. um, But they were working with Benoit. And then in Khmer, we also are like, just outside Khmer, we have Sneem black pudding. There's a small little village of Sneem. It's like, I don't know how many miles from Khmer. It's about a half an hour's drive. But there are three black pudding makers down there.
0: It's amazing, actually. It is a little
2: village producing three three different kinds of, to black
0: pudding yeah so definitely one to remember congratulations to Sasta Sasta. am I saying it right Sasta, Sasta sausages that's Irish I presume it happy, isn't it? Is it? Well, okay. oh, Sharon,
2: you're putting me to the test. <laughs> <laughs> I have to
0: ask the children. Well, congratulations to them, and hopefully it'll go from strength to strength. And thanks so much for sharing that bit of news with us. I hope all the preparations are going well now for Christmas dinner. Only two days away. Everything must. is yeah.
2: Everything is in hand. I'm sure your freezer is <laughs> filled freezer. to the brim
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a lovely Christmas Karen Thank and you, Sharon. We look forward to catching up with you in the new year. Some
2: healthy
0: recipes. Absolutely, look forward to it. Happy Christmas. Cheers. Chin chin.
3: Salut. Schleuter.
0: Thanks to Karen for chatting and I'm looking forward to having her back on the show in 2015. Until then, if you have anything specifically in Kerry that you'd like Karen to report on, definitely make contact with her or drop me an email s.noonan at live.ie and I'll pass the details on to her. Still to come tonight, Fiona Uema discusses A Japanese Christmas. I meet Francis Brennan to talk about his book It's The Little Things by Francis Brennan. Wild Irish Sharon Green talks about her experience in RTE's Taste of Success and I talk to its overall winner, Limerick man, Podrick McCarthy. Next, though, it's time to share an interview I did with the well-known Rachel Allen. Rachel was in Tralee a few weeks back to open John Griffin's new butcher shop and I was lucky enough to get a few minutes with her.
1: Bon appétit.
4: Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. mm
0: Rachel, you're here opening a butcher shop in Tralee. How important do you feel that butcher shops and retailers like this are in the how important do you feel they are in the community oh they're so
5: important it really is of utmost importance that we have local shops that we can call into that there's someone behind a counter that will advise us on you know how to cook the meat that we're buying or the fish or whatever it is that we're buying it really is and what it gives to a community I mean you just see it here today can't you it's brilliant and it's great fun but actually on a very important day to day level um, it's a huge importance so it's so lovely seeing new businesses opening up. I mean, I know John's been a butcher for years but seeing another new place opening up is just is brilliant. In the place where I hear there were quite a few vacant premises recently, so that's really good.
0: And John was giving great advice to me a couple of weeks ago about buying a turkey. Is that something that's served up in the Allen household on Christmas Day? It is indeed, yeah. I'm a traditionalist at Christmas. Definitely. Christmas wouldn't be Christmas then with turkey at the sparks, would it? And tell me, do you fight over who gets to do the cooking whenever there's so Many accomplished chefs in the family?
5: Well, actually, I'm going to be eating with about, I'd say, 60 other Allens this year. 60 or 16? 6-0. 6-0. Yes, it's the one day that the, the house, the Bally Blue house, the hotel closes down. I'm seeing some delicious sausages going by me. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, so we'll all be there and we'll all take on a job each, but last time I had Christmas there, I wasn't even given, given a cooking job because Myrtle, my husband's grandmother, who's 19, 91. She said, no, 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 you've been cooking all year. You get to do the I was waitressing or I was doing something else. It was great.
0: Well, that was nice not to have to cook. It was
5: nice, but I love the cooking in a way.
0: What would your speciality be on Christmas Day for cooking? What would you choose to do if you had to pick anything off the menu for you to cook? Well, now, when it's Isaac, my
5: husband, and I cooking, he normally, he quite likes doing the turkey, doing the savoury things, and I normally, well, I definitely do the sweet things in a way. Um, I think I'm pretty good at cooking the Brussels Spice. Roast potatoes, my speciality, and mashed potatoes, definitely my speciality. The starters, he probably do the turkey then I do the other... One. Yeah, we kind of
0: mix it up a bit. I like it all. You have a number of books out, and a lot of your books seem to have a focus on traditional Irish family-type cooking, and then baking is the other side of it. Are you torn between the two, between the savoury cooking and the baking? Yes, I am. I
5: really am. It depends on my mood. You know, sometimes I just want to bake a cake. Other times it's something, it's a big stew or casserole or soup or something, so... I'm a, yes I am a bit torn but that's okay I'd say your cupboards are well stocked with lots of goodies in case anybody calls they are I think I like having things there I always I love having a cake if someone calls or biscuits or something um, or even just cookie dough in the fridge to get the slice up and, and bake immediately sorry
0: no I'm sure you have great plans for 2015 and one of those will be the Ballymaloo Lit Fest that's right which yes. is a fabulous event can you reveal any of the speakers or anything that's no! happening this year or next year? I can't year, reveal I the names, yes. <laughs> it's very exciting,
5: though. Is it's it is? really exciting. Yeah, and had just has the most amazing... Phone book, address book, you know, of, of all the other cooks and chefs that she can call on and say, "Please come over." So there'll be some great ones.
0: So hopefully after Christmas we will yes, find out yes, what's exactly. happening there. Exactly, because yeah. it is and a fabulous be happening weekend. in May. Fifteenth to seventeenth of May. Exactly. Well it. done. Yeah. So we look forward to that. In the meantime, have a fabulous Christmas and thanks so much for talking Thank to you me. So much. You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM. My name is Andrew Rudd and I'm the owner and proprietor and chef of Medley in Brewery Street in Dublin. I've also recently um, written my first cookbook, Entertaining with Andrew Rudd. My top tips for Christmas are to prepare well in advance. Uh, Get your ham cooked the day before Christmas. And a great way of doing that is to slice it up once it's cold, wrap it in tin foil back into the fridge, and then it takes about 45 minutes at 160 degrees to warm it back up again.
4: Also get the turkey into the oven, first thing in the morning because a big turkey weighing about six seven kilos is going to take maybe three to four hours get that done very very early i'd also suggest getting all your vegetables prepped the day before
2: christmas is about enjoying it with your friends and family and take the stress out of the kitchen and just prep in advance
6: I'm Chef Wade Murphy of 1826 Adair, and my top tip for Christmas is be prepared. Do as much as you can in advance, even the day before. Peel your Brussels sprouts, peel your vegetables, leave them soaking in water, peel your potatoes. If you're like my mother who did three types of potatoes for Christmas day, you can get them all ready the day before and just start cooking them in the morning. So make it a stress-free Christmas and be prepared.
0: to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102FM. Welcome back to tonight's programme. If you've just joined us, we heard earlier from Kenmare Foodie, Karen Coakley, and just before the break, I was talking to the well-known Rachel Allen about her Christmas plan amongst a few other things. Never fear if you've missed some of the show as it will be up on the Best Possible Taste podcast later in the week along with all the previous 2014 shows and you'll find the podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash food and drink show. Still to come tonight Fiona Ueman discusses a Japanese Christmas. Wild Irish Sharon Green talks about her experience in RTE's Taste of Success and I talk to its overall winner Limerick Man Podrick McCarthy. Now, a few weeks ago, Newcastle West Bookshop had a book signing and it was none other than Francis Brennan. Francis is at the helm of the magnificent Park Hotel in Kenmare, but you might know him better for his hard-hitting advice on RTE's At Your Service programme. I was delighted to pick up a copy of his book from the bookshop in Newcastle West. It's called It's the Little Things by Francis Brennan and I sat down for a chat with him while I was there. Cheers. Chin-chin.
3: Salut
0: you're very welcome to the west of Limerick I know you're no stranger to this part of the country Not because you're very good friends with Dan Milan in the mustard Absolutely. seat there
1: I'm going over to Dan uh, some, 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 the next few weeks now for, um, for a night out we have it all arranged but we've nothing planned yet you
0: went to school together? yeah, in Street in yeah. yeah isn't yeah. that nice Which now great, yeah. that you've kept up that friendship and
1: I poured loads of money into the town through Palace Foods as well Okay. So, good, good, so, you're a good, good supporter, supporter <laughs> good
0: supporter of Newcastle so it's West. I'm nice here to talk to the locals now. Which is great. But you're here on the occasion of your new book. That's right. Tell me about it.
1: Well, it's called It's the Little Things, Francis Brennan's Guide to Life. And it is a, a very simple read, to be quite honest, but kind of hits the point for a number of reasons, all right? First of all, it's written in an easy style and it's based for manners and etiquette. So, if youngsters read it, they say twelve or fourteen year olds. They see a funny side to things, and they get the message. And then Granny and Granddad perhaps might have a young fella that's coming up in life, and might be missing that chapter in life in his own home. And they can buy it for their moment for their granddaughters or grandsons uh, to give it to them because they might then get the message very nicely. So really, what it's about is it's there's there's one thing in it throughout is that just to be nice to everybody. That's the busman, the postman, the petrol attendant, the shopkeeper everybody that you kind of come and contribute just nice say thank you and just be respectful you know the first uh, the book was launched uh, about six weeks ago and I was on the late late with Ryan Trobery and I was saying about that shop just hold the door open for somebody coming through and just be nice, right? So the next day was Saturday then and the next morning I was going to Mass in Kilmer at half nine in, in, in the church and I'm going along and there's a girl going in ahead of me and then she go holds the door. she goes to let it go and then she holds it again. And when she gets up she seizes me and she gives me a wink. So I thought well good on you you got one thing out of the book.
0: Absolutely and that was nice to know that she had read somebody had read exactly. the book, and I'm sure lots going, of people have read it. at that stage We're just doing Quite
1: well, thanks to God, it seems to have hit, a, hit a point that people enjoy.
0: What was the motivation for writing it? How did it all come well, about?
1: It was kind of a mistake, as oftentimes with things. I probably always have a book in me, and I, you know, I have a book, but I hadn't got this book in me, particularly in my mind. Uh, I have a book, another book which I kind of have started about stories in relation to travel around the world and things that happened to me. Because even last night I was in Dublin with uh, Doreen Allen. Uh, doing a bit for McMillan, Macmillan the publishers in the Marriott Hotel and I went into the wrong party took coat off took a, a, a drink I was talking to everyone I thought I don't know anybody here and then I realised I wasn't in the right party and when I said to the, the Marriott doorman who knows me as well as my mother alright I said oh, why well he says your name wasn't on the list he says but I couldn't tell you to get out <laughs> So I was at the wrong party So I was at a party one night This is ages ago right And there was We were chapping and talking And I was saying Listen Youngsters today They have no manners They need to be told At the early age of their life Very young To get How to behave And how to be nice And sit at the table properly And all this. And I said Honest to God And nobody seems to be Addressing it at all So there was a lady there Whom I didn't know But she had a friend Who gave him a pill And she went back to her one The next day And she said get on to that fella hes a good idea for a book And uh, then they came And talked to me And then it grew out of that
0: well, you mentioned about being in Dublin last night, and it was actually a finishing school you were at last That's night right. with Doreena <laughs> Allen. You're
1: well informed. Yeah, I don't know who's finishing who, me finishing or Doreena finishing me. Yeah, we had a great night. Actually, it's a very nice thing that get them to do it. It was booked for eight or ten months ago, so it was booked for ages, all right. And uh, what they do, there was 85 people, I think. It's a ticket event, right? 85 people, and Doreena and I just sat on, on the sofa and we just chatted and then we had a moderator asking questions and then the audience asked questions but it was a really nice time and we, we, it was all about Christmas we were dealing with Christmas the whole time because we had to go to some area and about you know, our life stories and I hadn't known but Dorina came from a grocery family as well uh, I mean, my father was a grocer so we had great stories between us about the fruit and putting it into brown paper bags and the bags burst and then sugar all over the floor and all sorts of we had a great we had a great great night so we really enjoyed it
0: and you did a demonstration had it oh god almighty
1: this, you, you, you know too much
0: I, <laughs> these I, are I, the I, joys did. of twitter you see <laughs> yeah. now oh yeah that's
1: right we were twitter <laughs> yeah for sort. yeah we um, I made a wreath alright uh, we did go you know, at the hotel in, in, in Kenmare in the park we always do all our own decorations so it's definitely my wonderful gardener um, had arranged uh, I, you know she makes beautiful wreaths and she makes like the base of them out of a willow tree in the off season when we close and uh, then she and she keeps them every year and then we have natural cone and different things that we have and pine so she, I said to her come in and show me how to make a wreath because I said I think I might have to do it at a show actually I'm doing it on television <laughs> as well don't tell everybody but I'm with Dolly and Maura in the afternoon oh, next well, they're recording it next week I don't know how they're going to use it okay. but I'm doing it on television so you'll be all everybody <laughs> here This a little secret for you now but um, we have hot colour we had uh, I made the read. yeah but it turned out great I was delighted myself except I'm, I'm I'm turning this wire which is meant to be a continuous run of wire and it breaks of course and hot colours have to be after uh, Dorino, you made a great recovery also I stopped I just kept talking and going <laughs> 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 but well, you it turned out great and we raffled it then for charity, so it was a good idea.
0: Well, you mentioned there about the Kettlemare Park closes for a few months yeah, it, from fine. October, but you are open for Christmas. Yes,
1: yeah, we open on the 23rd of December and we're open until the 4th of January. Um, and we have a very nice Christmas programme, which just about sold out, I think, at the moment. Um, and then we have a, it's nice to get away sometimes between Christmas and New Year, particularly, don't we? Notice a lot, um, uh, people that are abroad come home and rather than be at home for the whole two weeks maybe they might take their mum and dads away for the night down to the park for, and it's nice for families you know what I mean and Canberra is a nice town even in the winter months
0: I'd say you have a lot of regulars that come back year after year
1: we do, we do very well we at we, Christmas time particularly, we do very well and we'd have about 40% of our business would be in the can before we start and then we get do you know what we get getting a, bit, a nice bit because I talked to them uh, the alma mater from uh, Trinity Uh, that might have gone to America and they have students their sons or daughters are back doing it a semester as they call it like a term uh, for maybe three months and they're in Ireland for Christmas so the parents come over join up with the kids in Dublin and then come and stay at the park we've we've had two or three of those over the last number of years
0: I'd imagine it's a very opulent occasion Christmas do you spend it there yourself I know you would be working but would you have your Christmas dinner there
1: yeah yeah, we would Yeah. well actually we have our family Christmas dinner I was talking about this to someone this morning in Dublin Uh, we have our family Christmas dinner Um, Gwen my sister-in-law who's uh, my John's wife, we have our Christmas dinner the Sunday before Christmas, whenever Christmas is, because we always have it Sunday before. So the kids are home from school because they're in boarding school. One was in Glenstall just up the road here, and the other girl is in uh, Scalida down in Dingle. And then, when they're home, then we have a Christmas dinner ourselves, like so always before Christmas. It's very nice, we love it. But then we are busy, busy. There is no time for sitting down and relaxing and enjoying your dinner. I was only off once in the last 35 years for Christmas, and I found it very boring. <laughs>
0: And your mother is yes. still alive, Mom's Maura, alive. and she's she's ninety, ninety one. Does she come down to yeah, you? Yeah, she
1: has done many times. but Not this year, they're not coming this year. Because my sister, oh, her young fella is in some league of football. He's a big football, he's about 14 or 15. And he has some big match on the 26th, you know, they're in some league or whatever. So they can't start this year, so they're not, they're not coming down. My other sister, Kate, who would come oftentimes too from Dublin, Her daughter has been in Paris for the last three years and she's coming home for Christmas, so they don't want to come down because it's just the perfect with. So, John and I will be on our own. But listen, we won't have any time to worry
0: what advice would you give to somebody listening that's maybe catering for a big number at Christmas Christmas. make it
1: very simple supposing you have a very big dinner now not Christmas day dinner because that's always individual to a house and what you do is listen all the mums and dads listen to me now because if you don't give the guy home from Australia the same Brussels sprouts that you've done or the same stuffing he will go berserk so forget that I can't influence that but if you are having something in the middle with maybe 20 people okay make it simple Very simple, right? Like you would have turkey left over, you can make a fricassee the day before and keep it in the fridge and just warm it up. Do you know? Like white wine sauce in with some turkey that sort of thing easy. But the easiest meal to make, I always think, if you're in a situation of having people in for dinner and you're nervous, smoked salmon, lovely brown bread, you can't go wrong somebody in town makes gorgeous brown bread so get that right. Um then a lovely thing is a lamb, a lamb stew an Irish stew which is gorgeous and that is, if it's made the day before it's nice for the second day lamb is nice for Christmas because you'd be sick of the old uh, turkey and ham maybe and then a trifle for dessert well that is Christmasy now right? so that would be a addition like kind of a nod to Christmas because it might be Christmas week but all of those things can be made the day or two before so you have no pressure on the day
0: well that's great advice and you're very good at giving advice obviously in your capacity uh, in RTEs at your service. Yeah. Are you filming a new series? Oh, well, yeah well
1: we have finished just last Sunday we fin- finished um, at your service for this year. We have uh, eight new shows coming um, starting I believe on the 11th of January I believe okay I don't RTE do change things at times so maybe we won't change but I believe it's around that and they run for eight, January, February and then last Sunday John and I just finished a very nice Christmas show which I believe is going out on Stevenson's day for a naval Ireland in Dublin. We were doing, um, well they're a nationwide group, but it was nice to highlight too. We took two of their units. One was in an industrial estate in Sandyford, where you become a day, day centre, which was only an industrial build, building and we made a fantastic job out of it with Maura from um, a girl from Mallow, not far away from us here. And um, she, she did all the decor for me. And then we went to, uh, they have a garden centre down in Sandymount, which was like dying a death. He did a magnificent job on the garden centre wait you see it it's absolutely fantastic so that will be Stephen's day so you can look out for that okay. so it nice and you know I have to thank everybody involved because the people were fantastic giving of themselves and goods and services it was really great
0: there's a hotel in town here that has recently been sold is that right what advice would you give to the new owners
1: uh, how many bedrooms roughly
0: 39
1: 39 yeah right okay well, I suppose he should go for the local market. Like the thing about business in, in, in a town like um, in Newcastle West is that you want all your round business because you know it's going to be happening all the time. So he will cater for, I suppose, weddings and confirmations and christenings and all of those things. Okay, so if he has a function room, he should dwell on that and give a very good product at a good price and then you will get business. And one wedding leads to another. You know, now the only problem with weddings is it's a long run. A wedding won't be, you know, there's not too many weddings. Most weddings now will be booked for next year so they'll be looking at 2016. So you have to hang on. So in the meantime, just give good service, be friendly and nice and get on. But has it been closed or has it been open?
0: It has been closed for yeah. a little bit. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah but um, is it on a busy road or anything
0: it's on the main road there just as you come into town oh
1: yes I know there on the left hand side when you come in yeah well that's it. listen if you get I can tell you now if you do um, a good food and look after it well okay you do very well because there's a nice parking uh, there's parking in front of it very, which is very good when you're on the road and if you do a quick passing menu service he could do very well
0: Okay, great advice. And he should also pick up a copy of the book, no doubt.
1: Oh yeah, well the book book isn't based on business so much, it's more personal. But you know, personal helps in business too.
0: Well, especially whenever it's all about manners and being nice to people. Well, Francis, thanks so much for talking to me. We wish you all the best with the book and have a lovely Christmas. And Sharon, we appreciate it. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102FM.
4: I'm Simon Luant, the Lazy Chef, and my best possible Christmas tip is balsamic roasted Brussels sprouts. Lots of salt, lots of pepper, and a good douse of, of good balsamic vinegar. You cannot, you cannot go wrong.
3: My name is Tom Flavin. I'm the executive chef in the Limerick Strand Hotel, and my top tip for Christmas is... Less is more,
6: and don't bite off more than you can chew.
0: You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102FM. back to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break I was talking to Francis Brennan of RTE's At Your Service fame and if you need a last minute gift for someone this Christmas you should pop out tomorrow and pick up a copy of his book. It's The Little Things, Francis Brennan's Guide to Life or even just Treat Yourself. Still to come tonight, I'll be chatting to two competitors from RTE's recent Taste of Success. But next, I want to share a little chat I had with the wonderful Fiona Uema. whenever I met her in Kilkenny. You will remember Fiona appeared on the show earlier this year to talk about her Japanese cooking. And whenever I bumped into her recently, I decided to ask her about Christmas in Japan.
1: Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up.
0: Delicious. Mmm. Fiona... You're married to Gilmar, who is Brazilian, born from Japanese grandparents. That's right, yeah. So... Does that mean you celebrate Christmas differently in your household? Um, Well, actually, most Brazilians are Catholic, so they
3: have a very similar uh, way of celebrating Christmas to us here in Ireland. The only difference really is um, a few years we went over to Brazil to celebrate Christmas and they have a big pig, actually, in the middle of the table rather than a turkey. And again, they start to celebrate it Christmas Eve around 10pm and um, then celebrate Christmas into midnight and Christmas Day then is really about relaxing because dinner has been celebrated the night before but here in ireland we actually celebrate it really in a traditional way with the big turkey and the irish dinner um i do love making sushi when i'm entertaining guests at home around uh the christmas and new year period because people always love sushi as a finger food and especially when you make can make it at home so reasonably
0: priced compared to how you would eat it out i suppose sushi and Japanese cooking, easy Japanese cooking, those are your speciality you're making a career out of this that's now. right,
3: yes um, I give Japanese classes really to show people how you can integrate the Japanese diet into your lifestyle without making a massive effort and most of the dishes I cook at home, you know, take with it around 30 minutes to an hour um, so just as quick as a, an Italian or an Irish dinner so they're very practical for kind of your busy family coming in after work. And sushi would be perfect around Christmas time for canapes for guests. That's right and again I use a lot of locally sourced ingredients so you don't have to be running up and down to speciality stores like today the demo I'm doing here um, at Savour Kilkenny is using a lot of local produce so using goatsbridge Trout for example um, and I'm using seasonal fruit and veg to put in with that Um, the only thing really that you have to look out for is the short grain Japanese rice to make the sushi and that's available in Super Value now which is brilliant so um, it's accessible to most people around the country.
0: I think when most people think about sushi they think about something rolled in rice and then the seaweed outer shell for want of a better word but there's actually lots of different varieties of sushi That's right and traditionally
3: in Japan they don't really celebrate Christmas but they celebrate the new year and one of the dishes they um, make at home for the new year is a dish called chidashi sushi which translates as scattered sushi and there's no rolling involved so it uses all the ingredients for sushi but you just stack them up on a plate Um, the rice being on the base and then let's say the fish and the fruit or vegetables with some sprinkled seaweed on top and you just eat it then like that so it's very simple to make in Japan Japanese housewives don't tend to make sushi at home just because it is very easy it's very reasonably priced in Japan compared to here in in Ireland, so people tend to buy it
0: out rather than make it at home. And at Cook County today you've teamed up with Carlo Brewing Company so tell us what we can expect to see from your demo. Yeah that's
3: really exciting actually because what we're going to do is I'm going to have Seamus from um, O'Hara's Carlo Brewing. Uh, He's going to be on stage with me and we're going to go through each roll that I'm doing. I'm um, demonstrating three rolls using different ingredients and then he'll match that with the perfect craft beer. So for example for one I'm using smoked ghost bridge trout so Seamus was saying to me a stout would go really well with that just because of the different flavours and what's in the stout so he'll be talking to the audience through each ingredient I'm using and what the uh, perfect match would be then we're bringing up four people for each roll and getting them to taste that uh, along with the beer and see what they think as well so it'll be nice
0: and interactive So it is sushi that you're doing Exactly, today is all about sushi and what else have you lined up between now and Christmas? Have you more demos coming up? Um, actually, I've decided <laughs> to get, I was crazy um, doing demos
3: all over the summer, you know, between Bloom and I met you at Malou and Taste of Dublin. So this is my last one for the year, actually, believe it or not. I'm putting away my demonstrating strings
0: until early next year. I'd say until late next year, Fiona, because right. you're going to have an extra an extra passenger in the um a family That's by the looks right. of it.
3: We're expecting number two, so I've just decided towards the third um, the trimester of my pregnancy, I'm just going to step back a little bit on the demonstrations.
0: And I'd say whenever oh. you're at home with a small baby now, that would be the perfect time to write a book. Have you any plans right. to do
3: that? Well, um, yes, it's it's in
0: progress actually. Ha- Happy yes, days, yeah. congratulations. That's thank you very nice. much. Yeah, really excited. Yeah. So you'll be having lots of babies on the go next yeah. year. <laughs> exactly. That's one way of putting it. Well we wish you all the best for oh, that. Thanks you very for, much for talking to me. Cheers. Chin Chin.
3: Salut, Schlanta.
0: That was Fiona Uyama, who is famed for her Japanese cuisine. And shortly after I bumped into Fiona, I came across Sharon Green of Wild Irish. Sharon appeared on Best Possible Taste here earlier this year and was a competitor on RTE's Taste of Success show. So I stopped to have a bit of a catch up with her whenever I met her.
1: Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up.
0: Delicious. Mmm. Sharon Green, Wild Irish, just appeared on TV there, the taste of success, how was that for you? (laughs) Nerve-wracking, but it was good, it was good to get
6: the exposure, it was good to get the word of Wild Foods out there. Um, Completely outside my comfort zone, there are no TV cameras in ditches, and there's no TV cameras in my kitchen, so it was a whole new experience. So what was the process for entering, what did you have to do? Well, my 14-year-old daughter uh, cajoled me into making this video that had to go up on YouTube. Um, She was harder than any cameraman or director you ever come across. That went in, and then we got word we had to go to an interview in Dublin. And we did that bit, and then we got word we were into the final eight in Leinster, and off to Innescorthy
0: we went. And whenever you got the notification that you were shortlisted, how did you feel? Terrified. Absolutely terrified.
6: I'm telling you, it's completely outside the
0: comfort zone. But what was Paul Flynn and Catherine Fulvio really like on the day when they were judging?
6: She's an absolute character. She was, she's very, very good and she's very good at promoting food. Um, Paul thought I should change a few things in the, in the recipe. Like he thought I should bring down the level of sugar and I should bring it on the level of dandelions. But as I explained to him, it's an old, old Irish recipe. I'm not going to do that because then I'm changing the recipe and, that's, and then I'm going against what I'm about. It's trying to bring back old Irish recipes. So
0: we kind of, we agreed to differ on that. Okay. And you're here today at Saver Kilkenny, and tell us a bit more about the product that you wear on the TV with, and it's completely sold out. Yeah, I'm down to the last
6: two pots. I can't remember many I brought, with, but I have two pots left. Um, it's in a very, very old Irish recipe. It was made in this country years ago when the, when the honey reserves were low, people used to go out and pick the petals off the dandelions and make it as a honey alternative. So it tastes like honey, and it's a texture of honey, but there's no honey in it. So basically what we're doing is we harvest the nectar. So you pick all the petals, you can only pick a half bucket at a time because they close up and then you have to sit and you have to pull all the petals by hand off, there's no green. The green will make it bitter. So it's a long process and dandelions have natural
0: tannin in them like in tea, so you'll end up with two lovely brown thumbs at the end of the result. It's such a labour of love, yeah. what motivates you to to do this as a living?
6: Um, well to keep the farm alive in a certain way is one thing um, to educate our kids in what is a huge part of our Irish food heritage and we're never going to be able to put across everything to do with Irish food heritage but if all we leave behind is that we brought back a small little bit that'll be enough for us.
0: The last time you were on the program, you explained how the business came about, but just remind listeners what it was that happened that you had been out with your daughter and she didn't know what, was it the road tip? Yeah, it was a road tip. My,
6: my now 14-year-old at seven years of age, that was when I was making the service just for home. We were only doing this business 18 months. But it was about seven years ago. Um, I was picking blackberries with her and she looked up in the head and said, what's that? total innocence and she had no idea what the old was. And it started it started from an embarrassment as a mother, a country mother of a country child that she didn't know what was going in the wild. And that's how it ended up here. It's her fault. I'd say she's <laughs>
0: well educated now though. She definitely knows what her old
6: is now. She does. She's handled so many of them at this stage, she knows.
0: For anybody listening that wants to get a hold of the product, what can they use it with? It's, it is a honey, but there's lots of different yeah. ways you can incorporate it into your diet.
6: The dandelion, um, see what happens is it's an old Irish recipe. So you're trying to bring something that was used years ago into modern day diets. So what I did was I gave it to different, a few different chefs, and they came back and said, oh, you can use this, use it, and that. What it's particularly good with is any kind of soft cheese or goat's cheese. Now, one chef gave me a very, very simple recipe. You get your goat's cheese, you roll it into little balls, You get a little dish with olive oil and some dilsk and crush up the dilsk, drop your little ghost cheese balls into it, give it a little bit of a shake so the balls get coated in the dilsk and then you lift them out and you drizzle your ghost cheese with dandelion honey. Science fabulous. And it's absolutely gorgeous isn't it. Now in my house, it gets used on everything. It goes on everything apart from the spuds. Okay. So it's a case of the thing with the wild foods and foods that come back from years ago. A lot of it is what you can do with it yourself. So there's an excitement into okay, I'll try this and I'll try it and that, as opposed to read the back of it and this is only what I can use it for. So I'm
0: always interested. People, customers come back and say to me, hey, I put that in such and such and it was really good. And of course, you use social media then for feedback for like that, yeah. Facebook yeah. and yeah. On Twitter. Just tell the listeners where they can find you on well, Twitter and Facebook.
6: on Facebook. We're on the Wild Irish Foragers. And and preservers and in the notes section on our on our Facebook page you'll find the history and the recipes and the benefits of all the products and on Twitter we're at the Wild Irish and the website is coming it's just I have to get myself sorted out I want to put all the information up I don't want a website just has a little bit and it's nearly there
0: not there yet but getting there okay. well you'll let us know whenever yeah, it is definitely. finished and we can let the listeners yeah. know in the meantime if they want to find out about the products where to get them they should go to the Facebook page Yeah. yeah. Sharon thanks. thanks for talking to me no, thank right? you Sharon Cheers. Chin chin.
3: Salut. Schleiter.
0: Commiserations to Sharon, but congratulations to the overall winner who hails from Limerick. Padraig McCarthy is the winner of RTE's Taste of Success with his product, Irish Beef Short Ribs with a pancetta and cider sauce. It's one of the biggest prizes in Irish television history, 100,000 not to be sniffed at. And you also get your new food product on the shelves of over 140 little stores. But what does Padraig think of his win? well, I put a call into him earlier and here's what he had to say. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Podrig McCarthy from Limerick, thanks so much for joining me on the phone tonight.
4: No problem at all. Pleasure to speak to you.
0: Congratulations on your win. How do you feel?
4: Oh, it's bit great, really. You know, kind of had to keep it under wraps for a few months, so that was difficult. I'm understand. sure
0: that was. I would find that very difficult, I have to say.
4: With uh, people asking you every day and, uh, you know, trying to... Be a bit uh, covert about it, but look, it's great. It's great to have it out in the open. It's um, great to have it finally over and to come out the right end of it.
0: Your background is you are a chef, but you had to give that up for health reasons.
4: That's right, yeah. I'm a chef by trade. I worked professionally for over 10 years. um, but Unfortunately, I had a few health issues over the past few years, so I had to move out of it.
0: Does this mean now that you've won this prize that you're going to maybe return to the world of chefing or cooking in some shape?
4: Well, certainly, look, uh, the idea all along was to get back into food and to working with food on a full-time basis. Um, I I think working as a chef maybe in hotels and restaurants and that isn't an option for me now, unfortunately. But you know what, there's other avenues and, and product development being the obvious one now.
0: You had a great opportunity to meet and to work with some of Munster's finest, namely Martin Shanahan and Paul Flynn. How did you find the two boys to work with?
4: Absolutely fantastic, I have to say. Two two really nice guys down to earth um, and very generous with their time and their knowledge as well. So uh, all in all, a great experience.
0: You'll be keeping in touch with them
4: yeah no doubt as long as they're happy so I'll be there yeah well let's talk
0: about the product I have the actual I have the packaging here in front of me I had it earlier on this evening I enjoyed it immensely as did my two year old son I'd say he had more of it than I did I want more mummy he kept saying to me
4: What's here that's
0: the litmus test <laughs> so it's Irish beef short ribs with a pancetta and cider sauce slow cooked Irish boneless beef short ribs with a smoked pancetta and apple cider sauce how did you come up with this dish
4: Well, look, first and foremost, for me, uh, Irish ingredients was top of the list. And that's something I'm very passionate about and and something I really wanted to promote. And uh, I suppose when you you lead on from that, what are we renowned for the world over? It's the quality of our beef. Um, You know, it's in huge demand worldwide. Uh, And then it was looking at underused cuts, cuts that are really full flavored. uh, And the short rib was the first one that came to mind.
0: And of course, if, if you were to make this dish from scratch at home, it would take a lot longer to make than the 30 odd minutes that it takes to make the little version that you have come up with.
4: Yeah, certainly. I mean, you're talking probably four to five hours on a really low heat, low and slow, that whole uh, almost barbecue mentality. And, and that's something I came across working in the States a couple of years ago, which, which kind of inspired this dish.
0: So you're talking about Irish um, cuts of beef there and the more, I suppose, they're not as popular for one reason or another what do you see being your next dish that you're going to bring onto the market?
4: Well you know what uh, it's open to uh, discussion I suppose but look it's all about promoting Irish produce Irish ingredients and um, as I said with the short rib and underused cuts. so uh, you know the the list possibilities is endless, really.
0: Now, the prize was 100,000. Is that 100,000 100, cash that you won?
4: It, it's broken down into a couple of different parts. What it is is a, a 50,000 cash lump sum. Lovely. There is, yeah, it is. There is 25,000 put towards product development and marketing of the product. And then there's a minimum of 25,000, which will be paid in royalties on sale. Oh,
0: wow. So at the end of the day, you could be walking away with 75,000.
4: Uh, at a minimum, yeah, 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 But that could be much more, really, as I said, depending on the sales of the and um, There's a, a royal decade on sales.
0: And what would you like to do with that money?
4: You know what, uh, and and people have asked me that over the last few weeks and I've given the the answer everyone hates, I think. But I haven't thought about it, is the honest answer. Um, you know, the focus right now is, is to continue working with food and hopefully to develop the working relationship with Lidl. Um, you know product development is something i really want to get into on a full-time basis so that's the focus at the moment and um, you know the money is great don't get me wrong but uh, you know it's not everything
0: but it's all obviously it could be used to invest in in future products
4: yeah certainly look it'll give me a, a great standing to go and uh and pursue my passion and to you know spend time working on new products certainly
0: And maybe a nice holiday. I'm sure there's somebody at home dying to get in a nice holiday.
4: Yeah, I'm sure my wife would appreciate something, now after uh, months of putting up with me. So we, we will have to do something like that, I think.
0: Well, you mentioned earlier on about the filming took place a few months ago and you had to keep it all under wraps. Did you find it stressful going through the different stages or did you find you were able to just to take it all in your stride?
4: You know, from the first day, really, I just kind of took it, uh, you know, day by day. I didn't try and look too far ahead. But in saying that, when you're coming to the business end of it, there was no way you could kind of shy away from it. And uh, the pressure was definitely there as you were coming down to the last eight, the last four, the last two. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a difficult process, definitely.
0: And whenever the guys from Lidl handed you the, the package and for the first time yourself and Cray were both given mock-ups of what the the finished product would look like from a packaging perspective, how did that make you feel?
4: Oh, it was amazing to, to hold that in your hand and, and to think that you were so close to, to either winning or losing really you know it was really on a knife edge there at the end it was terrific um, but you know you had to keep it in the back of your mind that someone was going to win and someone was going to lose
0: Well congratulations obviously we're delighted that a Limerick man won it, that you're flying the flag for, for the region and um, we thought you were a very cool operator throughout it all I have to say
4: Oh, I think uh, more more like a, a, a duck on a pond, you know, <laughs> working away underneath for coolness personified on top.
0: Well, it must be hugely popular because I had to go into Little three times before I actually got it because it was constantly out of stock.
4: Yeah, well, I believe uh, uh, a lot of the stores have been selling out on a daily basis. So uh, long may it continue.
0: Well, indeed, long may it continue and continued success. And thank you so much for talking to me this evening.
4: Thank you very
0: much. It's a great pleasure. Cheers. Chin chin.
3: Salut. Slaan
0: That brings me to the end of tonight's show. Thanks so much for listening and to all of my guests for chatting to me. Next week's show is a second helpings one and you will get the chance to hear some of my regular contributors interviews all over again. And I'll also have some lovely music from Desmond Banqueting Hall to share with you and uh, the performers are actually the Belfast Chime and Hambell Choir. I'll be back on January the 6th with an all-new show, and if you have something that you'd like to share with the listeners, be sure to drop me an email with details to s.noonan at live.ie. Remember the podcast at soundcloud.com forward slash food and drink show if you missed any of the show tonight or maybe even an older one. So finally, all that remains for me to do is to wish you all a very happy and peaceful Christmas. I hope it's filled with wonderful food and refreshing beverages. And until next time, bon appétit.